you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we come tonight and we just praise the wonderful name of the Lord God for what he's done so far. We thank you, Lord, for your supernatural power because we know tonight is that night that you're going to manifest yourself. Those that's never seen the supernatural power of God work on his own will see it tonight. Those people that's watching in the churches across America that has never seen the Holy Ghost operate on people, they'll get to see it tonight. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because you never change, Lord. And you told me that you'd do it because you gave it to me in my ministry. And I will share with them tonight. Lord, and let their ears and hearts be open. And let them be receptive to God's holy word. Let them understand it. Let them understand you, Jesus. And let them understand how much you love the church. And let them understand tonight what you have given to the church. And sometimes what you give to individual members of the church as a ministry and as a special ministry. And we'll give you the praise and glory for it all. Everybody said together? Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, for all of you Dallas and Fort Worth people, Bob Nichols asked me, he said, in other words, are you going to stay in Fort Worth until Kenneth Higgins' camp meeting starts this coming Monday in Tulsa, Oklahoma? I said, yeah, I don't think I'm going to fly back to Tennessee just for two or three days. Well, then what about coming over to Fort Worth, Texas and teaching in my church Thursday and Friday night? Just teach the Bible, Bible lesson. And I said, well, why not? So I will be in Fort Worth teaching the Bible this coming Thursday and Friday night. So if you want to come over to Bob Nichols' church, used to be First Baptist. Praise God forever. <laughs> Boy, it's going to be good to see the sick healed in the First Baptist church. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, all three nights, well, two nights so far, and tonight and tomorrow night, a four-night seminar, and I will mention to you, you know, that all of you that wants the tapes, Call in the number and call the church here. They have a free toll number. You can call in and get all four of the tapes for $20, all four messages this week. And Bob will mail them to you, and he'll send you an envelope to send your money back. I think they mail them right away, you know, right after the seminar, they mail them to you and send you an envelope, and you can mail the money back in for the tapes. But tonight is going to be a real important message to you. You'll be able to understand tonight, after I teach you for a while, why God does things like he does and why some people have things from God that other people don't have. They just have it, that's all, you know. The only reason they have it from God that other people don't have, everybody has the Holy Spirit, but the reason some people has things that's working in their ministry that other people don't have is because God gives it to them as a gift to work in their ministry. He just chooses some people for that specific ministry. I don't know why he chooses certain type of people, but uh, I can tell you from my own experience tonight, and I'm going to tell you how it came to me and when it came to me. And I'll tell you the different portions. And I, have a, and I got a double portion on every gift that God gave me. I got a, after he gave me one gift to operate in my ministry and hold me responsible for it, after I begin to exercise that particular gift and let it operate like God wants it to operate, then 
it came stronger and I got a double portion of the same gift. A double portion of the same gift. Now maybe you don't understand what I'm saying to you, but you will after a while. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's just so wonderful to know that God gives gifts to people. All right, if you have your Bibles quickly, please turn with me because we have several things to do tonight. But I'm going to give you some word tonight before Jesus starts performing miracles. You say, you think you will? No, I don't think you will. I know he will. <laughs> Blessed be God forever. Turn with me, please, to the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. I will be reading one verse of Scripture to you tonight, but oh, what a powerful verse. Blessed be God forever. One verse of Scripture I'll be teaching from tonight. I could teach on this one verse for a month. Absolutely teach on it for a month. But uh, since I've only got one night, I'll go through a part of it because part of it fits me. And so I want you to see the special things that God gives to the church and God sets in the church and the office of the church. Now, me being an executive in the world, as far as the world is concerned, and going from an executive to owning my own manufacturing company, and uh, I was an executive in that company for years, and then I went and I was an executive in my 20s. And most people never make the office of an executive when you're in your 20s. But I just happened to do that because I had great knowledge of that particular business. I happened to be real good at that particular business. When you're good at something, they will, people will promote you in the world, they'll promote you. I was good, when I was a teenager, I worked for A&P Company. And I was going for two hours early of the morning and get my department real clean and make a real good employee. The night watchman would tell the manager of the store, he'd say, that fellow comes in here at two hours before the store opens. Nobody here except me. He comes in here and works hard. And he has his department clean and set up exactly right before the store ever opens. He said, he's something else. And the manager would call me in the back. He'd call me in the back all the time. He'd say, don't tell any of the employees, but I'm going to give you a raise because you, your department is so clean and so wonderful. You keep it that way all the time. It wasn't very long. I was about 19 or 20 years old. The supervisor came in, called me in the back. Him and the manager, after I'd worked there for about a year, and they watched me, called me in the back, and he says, well, I know you're only 19 or 20 years old, Orville, but he said, you know, uh, I, I just want to tell you, I'm the supervisor of this district, and I have a lot of supermarkets under me. And if you'll stay with us, just, he said, it's against the law of the A&PT company to make anybody a store manager before they're 24 years of age. It's a company rule. But if you'll stay, I'll do everything I can to get you a supermarket as quick as I can. I said, well, I've been watching Mr. Bishop, the manager of the store here, and he works a lot of hours. I said, I have a lot of confidence in myself. I said, I'm not sure I want to be the manager of a supermarket. I said, I think I got more sense than that. He said, oh, now this is a 19-year-old fellow talking, you know what I mean? But uh, when you don't mind working, then you know what you can do, and uh, then you, you know that you, you can be promoted. You know what you can do. If you'll work, God promotes you. I mean, if you're not saved, God will promote you if you'll work. It's the law of the land. If you'll work and if you'll give, you take a sinner. If he'll start giving some of his substance to, 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 to the church, I... Um, he will, uh, God will prosper him financially, mightily. Well, I worked with a fellow one time in the city. 
John Osteen called me and asked me to work with a fellow. And I worked with a fellow one time in the city that had a business and he was a millionaire. And he was a sinner. It started off with nothing. In just 10 or 12 years, God made him a millionaire. And he told me, he says, I pray. When I was talking to him about the Lord, talked to him one night about the Lord about four hours. Before I could ever lead him in the sinner's prayer, he says, well, he said, you know, I give a lot of my money to God. I, I send money to the 700 Club. I watch it on TV. I believe it's a good, good, good thing. I send money to PTL. I watch it on TV. I send money to Jimmy Swaggart. I send money to those people on TV because I have so much money coming in. He says, I, I just can't spend it all myself. He says, I send money to them. And he says, I started off just with hardly no business at all when I first opened. He says, now then, I've taken $10,000, $12,000 a day in my business. He said, my business is worth a million dollars. And he wasn't even saved. I said, well, you know that God's blessed. And he'd say, I pray and ask God to help me, and I give money to him. He said, he helps me. I said, do you know him? He says, no, I don't know him. <laughs> I said, are you living in sin? He said, yeah, I'm living in sin. But he says, I pray and ask God to help me. He said, I give him a lot of money. He said, you know, he helps me. He said, don't God love everybody? I said, oh, you said that right. <laughs> you see, you might say, you mean to tell me God bless sinners? Oh, sure, if they'll, give him, if, if they'll give to him. Freely give and freely receive. Now, the reason God does that because it's the law of the land. Now, I've seen, I've seen sinners be sitting, just come into service like this and be sitting here beside of a person that's sick. Now, they didn't know they were sick. And all of a sudden, you'd be teaching the Bible. And all of a sudden, God's power comes in and begins to heal that person sitting by a sinner. And the sinner also is sick. And all of a sudden, uh, that power, the, the, the healing power of Jesus will jump from the Christian over to the sinner because the sinner is sitting in the right place at the right time and get on him and begin to heal him. You say, why? Because the healing power of Jesus is an enemy to all diseases, and when the healing power of Jesus is manifested and it gets close to a disease, it attacks the disease. That's the reason if you'll confess the Word of God like you're supposed to, the Holy Spirit will manifest Himself because the Spirit and the Word agree. And if you don't confess the Word of God like you're supposed to, confess healing verses in the Bible. If you're sick, confess healing verses. Don't confess some other kind of verses. If you're sick, confess healing verses in the Bible. And the Holy Spirit will, he will confirm that and he will, he will agree with you. When, you. when you confess a healing verse of Scripture in the Bible and you confess it and you, then you say, It's mine! Father, it's mine in Jesus' name. It's mine. I got it. It's mine. The Holy Spirit will begin to manifest himself to you. The healing power of God will begin to manifest himself to you because it's a healing verse. He will begin to manifest himself to you every time, all the time, to anybody. Get that straight. God don't have any pets. And it'll get off on you, and, and he'll start manifesting himself. And when you confess the word of God, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you starts manifesting himself with healing power. You say, with healing power, yes. You can have the Holy Spirit in you 25 years, and he never hardly do anything for you. It all depends on how much word you confess, how much faith you got, how you believe him. You can't believe God any way you want to. You have to believe God according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
You can't just believe God in the Oh, well, I thank God. I think I'll go to a healing service. I think God will heal me if he wants to. No, you don't. God wants to save everybody. It's not God's will that any should perish. It's not God's will that any should be sick. God says, above all things, in 3 John, the second verse, I want you to prosper and be in health. God says, above all things, I want you to be in health, even as thy soul prosper. God don't want anybody to be sick. He said, above all things, I want you to be in health. Is that straight? Amen. Well, get that straight now from God, and you'll know that he wants to heal you all the time. And the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he always does for everybody, every time he does what the Word says. And listen to me closely, and never forget it. What the Holy Spirit does for you, it all depends on what you say. The reason Jesus is the best businessman I ever met, because I call him the best businessman I ever met. I say, Jesus, you're the best businessman I ever met. You're my business partner. You're the best businessman I ever met. You're the best businessman. I walk the floor and say, Jesus, you're the best businessman I ever met. You will not let me make investments to lose my money. Any extra money I have that I make profit from my business, you will show me where to put it. And it will be a good sound investment. I will not lose my money. If I'm stupid enough to use my head, not my spirit, and I start to make a decision, when I pray, you will grieve my spirit on the inside, and I'll back away from that investment because it won't work if the Holy Spirit grieves your spirit. You're, you're about to make a mistake. You ought to pray before you make big decisions like investing money, marrying, things like that. You ought to pray. I imagine some of you sitting here wish you'd have prayed before you got married. <laughs> You say, Brother Noble, do you pray about that? Oh, I pray all the time. That's the reason I'm still single. <laughs> I wish the Holy Ghost would say, go get them. But unless he says go, I'm not going anywhere. I sit in my rocking chair, rock and praise God, and rock and shout. I'd rather be sitting in a rocking chair alone and praising God and rocking back and forth with a free mind and a free heart, rocking and singing, I please the Lord, I please the Lord, I please the Lord. It make no difference if I live to be 95 with a beard hanging down here. I rock in my rocking chair singing, I please the Lord, glory to God, I please the Lord. I don't want to get into a marriage and after a minute for a while, uh, the Holy Ghost said, I didn't tell you to marry them. I said, God, why am I so miserable? And they said, well, I didn't tell you to marry them. I said, oh, God, you didn't? <laughs> but I thought you did, Lord. I thought you did. I felt so good to them. And besides that, Lord, they kissed good. <laughs> That's why a lot of people get married, because they kiss good. <laughs> well, you'll find, out, you'll find out after the honeymoon comes and, and the bills start coming in. And after you look at that other face across the table for a few weeks, <laughs> you'll find there's a lot more to marriage than kissing good. <laughs> if you don't know that, you'll find it out real quick like. Then you'll run around in the half days saying, how did I get into this mess? 
because you didn't listen to the Holy Ghost. You have to listen to the Holy Ghost, my brother and sister. Listen to the Holy Ghost. If you listen to the Holy Ghost, because he don't ever make any mistakes. God told me one time, he said, Norval Hayes, in your life, you'll make a lot of mistakes. I said, oh God, don't remind me. I made so many of them now, I feel like a half flake. I said, don't remind me. He said, but remember, the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you, he don't ever make any. Oh, I said, yeah, 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 Jesus, that's right. He don't ever make any. He said, learn to listen to him and obey him. Whatever he tells you to do, obey him. Go where he wants you to go. Now, I know tonight, I'm probably speaking to more live people in the churches tonight than any human being that's ever spoke in the history of the world. I don't know of another gospel service that's ever spoke to this many people before in the world, alive, in churches, that is. I don't know of anybody. But that's wonderful that you can share the Word of God with people. But if Jesus told me next week to go to a mission, I want you to go to a mission, son. I got 17 people and speak. I'd say, okay. All right. Praise God, I'll go, Jesus. I go. I, go, I want to go where the Lord wants me to go. I don't mind to speak to thousands of people, or I don't mind to speak to hundreds of people, but I don't mind to speak to 10 or 15 either. I mean, I spoke at a little church a couple of weeks ago, and Lester Summerall and me was holding a crusade in California. And there's a little church there that came over, and they just kept on bringing us meals and kept on doing this. And they were so good to us. I've never seen anybody so good to somebody. They just kept on and on and on. The ladies would cook stuff and bring to us. And I told the pastor, he says, boy, the pastor was afraid to ask me to speak at his church because he had about 150 people. I said, look, anybody as good as you are to me and Lester Summerall and to our crusade here, I said, are you kidding me? The kind of people you got and the kind of spirit you got, I said, I'll come and speak in your church Sunday morning. He said, oh God, would you come and speak in my church Sunday morning? I said, yes, I will. He said, all right, all right. I went there Sunday morning and I'm telling you, if God didn't anoint me, dear Lord Jesus, my God, I'm telling you, I'd have felt, I'd have felt cheated if I hadn't went. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It don't matter. Get that, get stardom out of your eyes. If you don't get stardom out of your eyes, I mean, God don't have any gospel big shots. You've got to be kidding. It's the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. Now, let me teach you tonight what the Lord has given to me and how he trained me in the ministry and what he shared with me. The 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Surely you've found it by now. The 28th verse. 28th verse. All you New Life Bible School students, look it up quickly. Look it up quickly. I want them all to get it. We have a special class in the summer called our seven-week school of ministry in our Bible school in Tennessee. And they're there with their Bibles. And I mean, they're hungry, boy. You talk about a hungry bunch. Boy, when you come into the school for seven weeks and you've only got seven weeks, I mean, you get hungry. Blessed be God forever. Week after next, we're going to have our Bible school camp meeting. And you talk about hungry, I mean, they are hungry. It's a thrill to speak to a hungry bunch. It's a thrill. I mean, I can hardly wait to get back to speak to them. Blessed be God forever. It's a, it's, a, it's a thrill to speak to people that's come to study about God's Word. Blessed be the name of Jesus. All right, the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, the 28th verse. Now, I want you to know that, this is, that man didn't do this. Understand this is all God. And God has set some... Everybody say some. some. 
is not all. Know that God calls special people to special ministries. Special ministries. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles in the church. That's what you'll see tonight. God has set it in the church, my brother and sister. God put it in the church. Every church don't have it, it's out of God's will. All churches. All churches don't have God's miracle working power. God's not pleased with that particular church. I don't care what church it is. Any, 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 any sick person in the First Baptist Church where I come from, Jesus wants to heal every one of them. I don't care what church you come from. You have to understand, my brother and sister, that Jesus loves you and he wants to heal you. He wants to save you. It's not God's will that nobody should perish. It's not God's will that anybody should be sick. God wants to heal you and God wants to set you totally free. Doesn't make a difference what. He wants to set you free. All right. First, after the teacher, after that, miracles. Then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diverse kinds of tongues. Now, you see the different things that God has said in the church? All right. The first thing, when I gave my life to Jesus as an executive in the world, as far as the world was concerned, I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know very much about God. I knew something about business. I knew how to make money in business, but I didn't know very much about God. So God, God moved me to Cleveland, Tennessee. And because I went and talked to Dr. Pruitt, the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, my pastor, you know, I talked to him. And I believe he knew God. I didn't know anything much about God myself, but I believe that Dr. Pruitt knew God better than I did. But I didn't know God, and, and uh, I just kept felt God drawing me and drawing me and drawing me and drawing me. And so God moved me supernaturally to Cleveland, Tennessee. Now, I don't know why. I didn't even know that any Pentecostal people was on earth. I didn't know anything about Pentecostal people. I didn't even know what they believed. I didn't know anything about it at all. And I met a Pentecostal, I met a Pentecostal minister in Cleveland, Tennessee, named Reverend Littlefield. He has a ministry of helps. He came in a, a restaurant I just bought for an investment one time, asked me something about sponsoring a radio broadcast, and the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I want you to talk to him. I took him over to my office and sat down and talked to him and gave him my testimony about the Lord coming and visit me in the car. And I said, Reverend Littlefield, I'm from the First Baptist Church, and I don't know anything about God much. And I said, I need to be trained. I said, the Lord wants me to come and follow him. Jesus wants me. And I said, I don't know what he wants with me, but he wants me. And I said, uh, he wants me to come and follow him. He came to me in the car and stayed for an hour and a half, driving from Columbus, Ohio, to Indianapolis, Indiana, on old Highway 40. And I wept and cried for over an hour, an hour and a half, when the Lord came in my car. And he said he wanted me. He wanted me to come and follow him. I couldn't believe that Jesus would want me. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was an executive. I had everything you could possibly think of. I thought Jesus called preachers. I didn't know he called executives. <laughs> but he said he wanted me. And I told this Pentecostal preacher, I didn't even know any Pentecostal people. I said, Jesus wants me. I said, what do you think I ought to do? He said, well, just do the things, just whatever the Lord will have you do. Just obey the Lord. And I said, well, that's what I want to do is obey the Lord. And he's the first one that took me to a full gospel businessmen's meeting. So I worked with Brother Littlefield for seven years in the Ministry of Helps, and I also worked with Full Gospel Businessmen. Full Gospel Businessmen has been nothing except a great big fat blessing in my life. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I am telling you that full gospel businessmen, me being a businessman, I was so impressed in full gospel businessmen's conventions and chapter meetings when I'd see other businessmen that successful get up and give their testimony about Jesus and about working for God. And I said, oh God, I mean, the first testimony I ever heard at a full gospel businessmen's meeting, the only reason I went because the guy was rich. And he owned like the belt department stores around the country. So he got up and gave his testimony. He says, you know, he said, I'll be in my department store. And he said, uh, I will look out over the store and I'll see somebody dying with cancer. And I'll go out and peck him on the shoulder and say, uh, the Lord shows me you have cancer. Would you please come in my office? Uh, I want to talk to you. And then say, I don't know you. How'd you know I have cancer? Well, he said, the Lord spoke to me. You had cancer and he wants to heal you. Well, I've never seen God heal anybody. I'm from the First Baptist Church. God don't heal people in the First Baptist Church. <laughs> well, he don't. You might as well be honest about it. I mean, you know, God don't want you to go around the country lying. God saves people in the First Baptist Church, but he don't heal cripples there. But he'll, he'll, he'll heal them here tonight. He'll heal you tonight. I guarantee you he'll heal you tonight. If you want to be healed, you can receive your healing tonight. But somebody's got to tell you that Jesus is your healer. If you don't, you'll go along and believe what you want to. And I said, I want to, uh, the Lord to train me. And uh, so this guy got up and he says, I bring him in my office. And they says, All right, here's a special chair in my office. Sit down right there. He says, I sit him down there. I lay my hands up on him in Jesus' name. And I pray for him in Jesus' name. And God heals him in my office sitting in a chair. I mean, I come alive. I said, I wonder if he's telling the truth. <laughs> you mean Jesus heals people in a department store in the office? I never saw him healing anybody in church. I said, my mother died with cancer. I wish she could have found that office. But she didn't find that office. The only people we knew was Baptist people. And they don't have any healing services. So if you don't have any healing services, God don't heal people. You just go ahead and die. The, the type of gospel that you believe, that you preach, that's what you get, my brother and sister. Whatever kind it is. So if God's not doing very much at your place, you better check up on the gospel you're preaching. No use no, you, you check it up on God. I mean, you know, isn't that real cute for you and me to check up on God? That's what you call far out. No use in you checking up on God. Jesus knows what he's doing every minute of the day, all the time, every day, every day, and he never makes any mistakes. He confirms the word with signs following. And so I began to work with him. And after I worked with him for seven years in the ministry of helps and went to his church some and went all over the country with full gospel businessmen, went on our list for full gospel businessmen. One of the greatest trips I ever took in, took in my life was to Nicky Cruz and John Jimenez and John Sherrill and Jack Brown. I took a Dima Shikara. We took a trip to London, England, and we worked in the streets with dope addicts for two weeks. The greatest trip I ever took in my life. Dear God, it changed my whole life. This coming year in October, my office is going to take a trip to London, England, and take a tour to London, England, and also Belfast Island. We'll be working in the streets for 10 days. If you want to go, call my office. December the 26th, we're going to take a tour to Hawaii, and we're going to invade Honolulu. Blessed be God forever. And invade Waikiki Beach. We're, going to, we're not going on sightseeing trips. If you want to go on a sightseeing trip and look at buildings, go with somebody else. Don't go with me. We might take you around a half of one day or something just to see the high spots of the city. But you, we, we go to witness. Blessed be God forever. Full gospel businessmen train me well. 
I'm telling you, when you go on an hour lift with them, you might as well forget about going sightseeing. You'll be going sightseeing, all right, but it'll be in hospitals, it'll be in high schools, it'll be in colleges, it'll be street work, it'll be in services, it'll be in churches at night, it'll be all day long they witness for God. Full gospel businessmen, they witness to everything that don't move. <laughs> and some of the things that do move, they chase them down sometimes to witness to them. But God blesses that. And I begin to help. You say, Minister, what'd you do in the Ministry of Helps, Brother Noble? Well, I work with little poor children, and uh, I'd give away clothes to poor people, and I'd bag up candy sometimes, and, and I would do this, and I'd drive by the little field places if you wanted to go, and, and I'd do this and do that. Anything there was to do, that's exactly what I'd do in the Ministry of Helps. And I'd go with full gospel businessmen on our lifts, and I'd do whatever I could for them. And, uh, and then after seven years of Ministry of Helps, now notice there in the 28th verse, one, one of the things that God said in the church is helps. Notice that down towards the bottom of the 28th verse, it says helps. That's the ministry of helps. God has set in the church the ministry of helps, I tell you. God actually calls people the ministry of helps. And I don't know if you know it or not, but I was perfectly satisfied in the ministry of helps. God blessed me so much I couldn't understand it. Working with poor kids and poor people, full gospel businessmen and our God blessed me so much I couldn't understand it. I'm, I wasn't interested in a public type ministry. I was getting blessed so much I couldn't understand it the way I was. I want to help other people. I'd bring Nicky Cruz to town and I'd take him around for two weeks. I'd take up offerings for him, sell his records and books for him, introduce him in services. I'd set the services up. I had one of the best high school ministers you've ever seen in your life. I mean, I, God gave me favor with all the high schools in Bradley County, down in Chattanooga, Polk County, McMinn County, and the, the, all the, the principals in those schools. God would give me a special favor. I'd bring people like Nicky Cruz in, and I'd take them from high school to high school assembly to high school assembly to high school assembly. And I mean, they'd be up there in front of a thousand students or two thousand students giving their testimony. And I'd be sitting in the back after I introduced them, or maybe behind the curtains after I introduced them. And the Spirit of God would come on me, and I'd get blessed. God would bless me so much, I couldn't hardly take it, man. I thought He was going to carry me off the earth. <laughs> Don't ever underestimate the ministry of helps. God may want you to feed little children, help other ministers for years. He wanted me to do it seven years. I did it seven years. If I could walk out of an executive office and go into the city dump and help poor people and, and work with them in the ministry of helps for seven years, you can do it too, my brother and sister. Let, show God that he can trust you and he'll show you great and mighty things. And then after that, God began to give me, when I began to study the Bible on the subject of faith and study the Bible on different subjects, he, he began to inform me, he says, now I'm going to set you in the office of the teacher. I am going to set you in the office of the teacher. Notice that's the third office. First office is office of the apostle. Secondarily, uh, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. I'm in one of those offices of the teacher that God actually set me in the office of the teacher. Now, that, now then, son, I want you to teach people what I've taught you. Put first things first. Be satisfied with the ministry of help so God can train you. Stop, because you got a call of God on you, don't start telling God, I want to start off, you know, I want to start off and I want to teach to a thousand people. Are you kidding? You couldn't teach to 50 people. You don't have enough sense. <laughs> well, you don't. God has to train you, my brother and sister. I mean, teach to your family first and if they like it, by, then get you a, a congregation of four or five people. 
And if they don't like it, you know, I, you know, you don't, you don't have no business teaching. God, God will promote you as He can trust you, my brother and sister. And you have to understand, God sets these things in the church. And a teacher, teacher that's been called by God and set in the church is not a Sunday school teacher. You say, is a Sunday school teacher called? Well, I'm sure a lot of them are called to a certain degree, but that's not what he's talking about in the ministry of a teacher. The ministry of a teacher he's talking about, he's talking about setting a person, calling them, and unfolding the Word of God to them to let them teach what makes God's Word work, what makes it work, what makes it work. Why, how do you get this? How do you get that? That's the reason here lately I've been taking, God a couple of years ago began to deal with me, son, I want you to take cancer patients, and people that's dying with no hope, and I want you to take them and just talk to them and show them how to be healed. So I've been taking people with cancer patients with no hair, skin and bones, maybe weigh 65 or 70 pounds, been given up to die totally, eaten up with cancer from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. And I'd walk in the room where they're dying. I'd say, in Jesus' name, you don't have to die. I'm not going to let you die. And I'd bind that cancer up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would sit there with the Bible for an hour, hour and a half. And I would teach them how to talk. Most people that's dying don't know how to talk. You see that first Baptist girl? Up again, honey. Turn around, darling. Put the camera on her. First Baptist girl, put the camera on her. I want, I, want them, I, want, I want you to be on the screen. Now, I want, I want America to look at this girl. This is the first Baptist girl. You heard what she said tonight? She had to open her, her mouth and claim her rights in Christ Jesus and talk to that mountain and talk to that mountain. She was a slave to the devil back in her room and couldn't get out of it. A slave to the devil. But she had to talk to it, talk to it. And she stands there now normal. Now raise your hands because you're normal. me preaching to you for a week or teaching you for two weeks about it. I'm telling you boldly, my brother and sister, do what she did and you'll be healed. It's that simple. Do. He said, well, I don't know what she said. I forgot what she said. Well, get the tape. I made a whole, I made a whole series of tapes. And I made a series that God said, put it on tape. So I made a whole series of tapes. The title of it is How to Live and Not Die. And I even wrote a book about it, How to Live and Not Die. It's on the book table outside. It's a new book it just released, How to Live and Not Die. A new tape series, How to Live and Not Die. And people have been taking these things and listening to them and coming off the deathbed. Blessed be God forever. You gotta know how to do something. You can't do anything unless you know how to do it. I couldn't work in the Ministry of Helps, but Brother Littlefield trained me to work in the Ministry of Helps. I couldn't go witness for people, but full gospel businessmen trained me to witness to people on the streets to stop people on the streets, to witness to dope addicts, to go into high schools, to go into hospitals, to go into college classrooms, to go anywhere and, and talk about Jesus. Witness. The full gospel businessmen trained me to go to the different places and witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I mean, I, I tried to learn quick, but I had a lot of pride in me, you know, when you come to the First Baptist Church where everything is beautiful and smells good, you have a lot of pride. So I had to get, all the, I had to get the pride out of me. So I got the pride out of me, and then God began to God began to give me different things. And then he began to give me ministries. He gave me a ministry of witnessing. Witnessing, sowing seed. Now we sow seed on all the college campuses in the country. Pass out tracts, give out books, sow seed. That was one of my ministries. That's in the ministry of helps also. Sowing seed for the Lord. Then God began to give me, then God began to give me the ministry of healing in my hands. Which now, you'll see that tomorrow night. 
not tonight to speak of. You may see some of it tonight if God directs me, but tomorrow night you'll see it strong and heavy because tomorrow night I will apply that ministry that the Lord has given me by the laying on of hands. And whenever I teach on it, all the time, whenever I teach on it, whenever I speak on it, God anoints my hands strong to lay my hands upon you. And you can receive your healing. Anybody can get healed under the, under the anointing of hands, the anointing on a person's hands. Tomorrow night, especially this, uh, this 4,000 seats in this church, I want, as you come tomorrow night, I want you to use this set of steps over here, and I want you to bring all of your handkerchiefs and, and, and pieces of cloth tomorrow night. Don't bring any paper. Brother Hagin says, God don't work through paper. <laughs> Brother Hagin says, napkins are unscriptural. And uh, just pass on to you what he said. And I found out he quoted the book of Acts, so that's what it says. He says, handkerchiefs are aprons, cloths. So bring them, put them on there, and then you can take them back. When the anointing is on me tomorrow night, I'll go over and lay my hands on all those. Then you take them back and put them on the sick body. Do you think they'll be healed? No, I don't think they'll be healed. I know they'll be healed. Drive devils out of them. I'm telling you, you ought to see the letter sometimes comes into my office about, letters comes into my office about, I put a, I put a handkerchief on my body, and power begin to go into my body and perform a total miracle for me. I mean, it happens all the time and do the same thing for you. So around America tomorrow night, bring your cloths and handkerchiefs. As I anoint them tomorrow night, with, as I lay my hands upon them, that pastor in that church, he could anoint those cloths and lay his hands upon them according to the book of Acts in Jesus' name, and the Lord will perform special miracles. God gave me that ministry and, and, uh, of a healing ministry. And then after the Lord gave me the ministry of, 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 of new hearts, giving people new hearts, which you'll see just in a little while. You'll see Jesus give people new hearts tonight. And you'll see it with your own naked eyes just in a few minutes. He, after he gave me that, then he came back about five years later and gave me another ministry of the ministry of helps. Gave me another ministry, the ministry of helps. I mean, I had the ministry of helps 20 years ago. I had the ministry of helps. He came back to me and visited me five years ago and gave me a vision and I saw myself. I saw myself, I was in a motel room after I'd been praying for the sick with Brother Hagin one night. And I fell out under the power, and Brother Hagin said, carry him to his hotel room. And I, they carried me to my hotel room. And uh, uh, I, as they dug me through the lobby, as I went through the lobby, the people said, boy, he's been on a good one. <laughs> I had been on a good one. I was on it then. <laughs> but they didn't know. They thought it was a good one with Jack Daniels. But it, it wasn't Jack Daniels. I was drunk, but it wasn't on Jack Daniels, blessed be God. But the next morning, when I come out by that morning, I was, in my, I was laying in my bed there, and everything was so quiet and peaceable. It's like every vibrant of my body was still and quiet and peaceable. Now I had my eyes wide open like this, and all of a sudden, the wall of the motel totally disappeared. And I saw, this is the highest type of vision. In the Bible, in the New Testament, God gives believers three different kinds of visions in the Bible. The open vision is the highest type of vision, the vision when you see it fall into a trance and receive a vision, like Peter on the housetop, that's the second highest type of vision. And the night vision, when you have a night vision that God gives you in the nighttime, like Paul received a night vision and saw a man from Macedonia saying, come over into Macedonia and help us in a night vision. But they're all important and they're all from God. You, you, you got to qualify and you got to study the vision. Make sure it's from God. But I received with my eyes wide open and the wall disappeared. And I saw a hill over there. And I saw a fruit tree on the hill, a regular tree out here with limbs on it, everything, the trunk of the tree. And I could see it way around. And I saw it was full of fruit. It was so far away. I couldn't tell what kind of fruit it was, but it was full of fruit. 
and so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the scene changed. And it was closer to me, and all of a sudden, their food had fell off the tree, and it, it all piled up around the trunk of the tree, the fruit head. I still couldn't, couldn't tell if it was apples, oranges, or what it was, but it was fruit. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the scene changed, and it came closer to me. And I saw around the trunk of the tree, it wasn't fruit at all. It turned all of us, it was fruit to begin with, but it turned into money. I mean, green stuff, greenbacks. And it was piled up around the trunk of the tree, looked like a foot and a half deep. Turn all the fruit turned into money around the trunk of the tree, just turned into it. And then all of a sudden the scene changed and it came closer to me. And all of a sudden the tree turned into me. I saw myself standing there with money piled around my feet, a foot and a half deep, I guess, upon my legs. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I am calling you to bear fruit and to bear blessings for the body of Christ as I direct you. I don't have any choice, my brother and sister. I have to obey God. Do you understand that? When God wants me to take up an offering, I have to obey Him. I've had God, I was in a pool here a while back, a private pool, swimming. One Saturday after I'd come off of a meeting and I was evangelist home and I was down his pool getting some exercise after my meeting and the Spirit of God come up on me and said, I want you to speak at a certain, certain church Sunday. I, only, only time in my life I ever called the pastor. I had one of the members of the church to call the pastor and I got there and God said, I want you to take up an offering for these pastors. They don't have any money. There was two of them. They don't have any money. So I took up an offering for the pastors because I didn't know it, but one of the pastors, they didn't have no salary. They'd be giving all the money to the church. They had a great big church and you'd have thought they'd had thousands of dollars, but they had nothing. One of, them, one of them didn't have enough money to take his wife and children out for Sunday dinner and I was her Sunday morning speaker and God said, I want you to take up an offering for these two ministers. They don't have any money. I took up an offering and the people brought down six thousand some dollars and God said split it between the pastor and the assistant pastor evenly, 50-50. And they wound up the pastors, I didn't even know anything about nothing. And the pastors wound up with their face on the floor and their wives weeping before God, Almighty God. And after they gave, get this, after they gave, God began to give people new feet and began to heal them all over the floor everywhere and they began to get healed and dance all over the place everywhere. After they gave, blessed be the name of the Lord. After they gave. So when the Lord directs me to go anywhere and do anything, where blessing, that kind of blessing is concerned, it's a calling upon me, my brother and sister. It's a calling upon me. I am called to help people that has nothing. I've been called for over 20 years since I gave my life to God as an executive to help people that has nothing. I was called and I knew I was called when I worked at the city dump to help those people that had nothing. When I would give clothes out to the poor, I knew that I was called to help people that had nothing. I knew I had a divine call upon my life to help, to help people that had nothing. But in those days, I was working one-on-one. -on -one. I would buy little children food. I would buy poor families food. I'd go to the supermarket, and I would shop, and I'd get bags of it, and I would carry it into their house. And the little kids would tear the bottom out of the bags to get to it. They had nothing to eat for two or three days. And they'd, if I had potato chips, they'd tear the bag open and put it in their mouth like this. And I would stand there and the Spirit of God would come on me so strong and heavy I couldn't understand it. 
And the Lord says, son, you're in my perfect will. I'd rather carry food for I'd rather carry food to poor houses and be in God's perfect will as to speak to the biggest crowd in the United States and be out of God's perfect will. I'm not interested. I know sometimes I operate over in God's permissive will, but thank God I have learned one thing. Sometimes I operate in God's perfect will. And boy, when you get in God's perfect will, it's so much nicer. It's so much sweeter in God's perfect will. And don't try to promote yourself in the gospel. God won't allow it. God don't want you trying to promote anything. God does the promoting. He does the setting. He sets you in the church as it pleases Him. If God wants to give you anything, He'll give it to you. If He don't, be satisfied with where you're at and just worship God and bless people. And when you bless people long enough, I'll guarantee you that God will start promoting you. That is, if He can trust you, my brother and sister. If He can trust you. If He can trust you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, I know you. Remember what I told you about the pastors here? At that church, when they gave that Sunday morning, God began to give people new feet and perform miracles for them and everything you know. After they gave, he began to heal people all over everywhere. Well, he's going to heal people in here tonight. He's already let me know that. He's going to give them special miracles. He's already, he's already let me know that. But why don't we just obey the Lord and bless our pastors now? Would you like to bless your pastor now? Would you like to bless your pastor across America? This congregation here is too big. This is a church with 4,000 seats. And most of you out there don't have 4,000 seats. It'd take them forever to pile it down front. Now, you in the small churches right now in Jesus' name, get up out of your seat in Jesus' name and just go put money to the bottom of your pastor's seat. Get up out of your seat right now. New Life Bible students, go pile money at the bottom of Barry's feet. He's our Bible school chaplain. Get up out of your seat right now and go do it. Do we have any offering plates around here of any kind? We have offering plates. Okay, right there they are. Bring them down here quickly. Whatever you give tonight will go to Bob and Marty Tilton as a free gift. They're the pastor of this church. Qu pass them quickly. Just give them to them right now. Pass them quickly. Let them put in there. No envelopes. Just pass the buckets. No envelopes. Pass the buckets. Whatever comes in will go to Mar Bob and Marty Tilton. It's a free gift for them. Give your pastor a gift tonight. Just give it to him. Boldly give it to him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You want to please God? Well, get the ministry of helps. Help your pastor be blessed. Help your pastor be blessed. Never mind the building across America trying to give something. Say, well, I don't have much. Well, give a little bit of what you got. That's all. Just share something. Doesn't make a difference what it is. Just show God that you want to share something. When you do, God will bless you for it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. God's called you to do something, you might as well just do it if you feel free in your spirit to do it. Just do it. No use in praying about it six months. If you feel free to do it, just go ahead and do it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As they continue to pass the buckets here in this large auditorium here in Dallas, Texas, all of you small churches and medium-sized churches and big churches, just pile your money at the bottom of your pastor's feet. If he's sitting down front, go pile it around his feet and give it to him. Let him buy himself two or three new suits or a car or whatever you want to. Just bless him mightily. Blessed be God forever. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him mightily. That came to me after I got in the ministry of helps and helping one-on-one. -on -one. Now I will continue my teaching to you quickly because I don't have a lot of time. We're very limited in time on the satellite. So in the teaching ministry, God requires you to teach what he has taught.
taught you. So I began to teach people the ministry of helps and began to teach this and teach what God wanted me to teach. And so then God entrusted me with tongues in my ministry. The next thing that came to me was tongues in my ministry. He wanted me to speak in tongues. So I, uh, I wouldn't do it for two years in public. And then I began to do it in public for two years. I mean, after, after a couple of years, I began to do it. After a supernatural prayer meeting one night in Kenneth Hagin's home, prophecy came to me, and word of tongues came to me, and, and, and interpretation came to me. And uh, God told me that I better yield my tongue to him and give my voice to him. Because Jesus had already told Brother Hagin, said, you, you, you're going to die in seven years if you don't prophesy. I told you to prophesy. I've set you in the office of the prophet. That's the second one he has listed here. Apostle is the first one. Apostle means a sent one. Sent to foreign lands to build churches and to raise up ministries. You say, that's missionary. Well, missionary is not even really in the Bible. The word missionary is not really in the Bible, but it's, it's apostles, really. They operate in some phase under apostles' ministry. But when you're a real apostle of God, you can go somewhere in the far. Lesser Summerall is an apostle of God. He's a typical apostle of God. He, God can send him to a foreign country where he don't even know the language and say, build a church for me downtown. He can go in there with no money at all and I'll guarantee you that he'll build a church downtown. Lesser, I don't know if very many men can do that, but Lesser Summerall can do it. That's what you call operating in the ministry in the office of an apostle. God can send you anywhere in the world to do a certain job and you'll just go for him and do it. Apostle is a sent one. And the prophet, Brother Kenneth Hagin operates in the ministry of a prophet. But he wouldn't prophesy. A prophet, you say, what's a prophet? What's a prophet's ministry? It's when one gets revelation knowledge from God and they prophesy more than just a regular person. You might prophesy sometimes, but a prophet is responsible to God to prophesy lots. I mean, the spirit of prophecy comes and boils up out of him supernaturally. I mean, often. And Brother Hagin was rebelling against that and God said, Jesus came to him and talked to him in a room and said, he was 48 years old and said, if you don't start prophesying, you was going to die at the age of 55 because you rebelled against my spirit of prophecy. It's important, my brother and sister, when God sets you in an office of the church for you to function in that office. But know where God has placed you and function wherever God's placed you. I don't care if it's the city dump and the ministry of helps. Function there. Love those people while you're there. Function there and watch God bless you. When God is pleased with you, he will promote you. Don't try to promote yourself, you old flaky thing. When God's pleased with you, he will promote you. I don't care if you preach. I don't care if you sing. I don't care if you have a quartet, play the piano. Well, I don't have any congregation. Well, play the piano to the birds. Get out and worship God playing the piano. And God will promote you, I'm telling you. He'll promote you when he wants to promote you. And so after I began to yield myself and spoke in tongues in public, then after several years of that, now listen closely, after several years of that, he came back again, just like they did the ministry of helps, and gave me another ministry in tongues, a special ministry in tongues. He would send me on special missions, like to conventions and things. And I want you to go, and I want you to go speak a message in tongues. I've had the Lord to send me to Oral Roberts services and tell me in advance, I want you to get a front seat, son, because after Oral Roberts speaks, I'm going to give you a message in tongues. I don't want you to prophesy. I want you to speak the message in tongues. And I want to give, I want to give somebody else the interpretation. I don't want to give you the interpretation. I want you to speak in tongues for me. 
and I would go get a front seat and just and here I would sit and the moment about two minutes before oil would get through all of a sudden tongues would begin to rise up out of me a message in tongues and to rise up out of me and rise up out of me and the moment he'd get through God said go and I'd go to the microphone and speak that message out in tongues blessed be God forever and God began to use me to give that message in tongues Divers kinds of tongues. Look back down there now. Look back down there at the 28th verse. That last one God set in the church. It says, divers kinds of tongues. I mean, diversity of tongues. Diversity of tongues. That means different languages. Diversity of tongues. Sometimes God will give me one language to speak in tongues. Sometimes he'll give me another one. Sometimes I'll speak in tongues and the Holy Ghost will laugh and I'll speak in tongues. And sometimes the Holy Ghost will cry whenever I speak in tongues. I, it's not me crying. It's the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. It's took over my spirit. And sometimes I'll speak in tongues and he'll just start crying. And he'll just cry and he'll cry. Sometimes he'll just moan and moan and moan. And sometimes he'll cry and he'll weep and he'll weep. Then he'll speak in tongues some more. Then he'll cry and he'll weep. Sometimes he'll laugh. Sometimes he'll speak in tongues. And sometimes I'll be speaking in tongues. And he'll, and he'll feel so good. And he'll want to dance. And I just dance and he'll speak in tongues. And I just dance and dance. Dance and dance and dance. He said, what does he want to do? What's the interpretation? I don't know. He gives somebody else the gift of interpretation. He gives it to them, and they interpret it out. That's all. So God came to me and began to give me a deeper message in tongues, a special ministry of speaking in tongues, where he directs me now. He don't give it to me every service, and I don't go around the country trying to expose it. I only want to when it rises up out of me supernaturally as the Spirit wills. It, I don't get jealous if God don't use me. Let God use him. Brother, this is a responsibility. I'm telling you, it's a responsibility. When you're sitting someplace and the Holy Ghost begins to rise up out of you like this, and the Lord says, I want to speak a message in tongues. Sometimes it's a weeping message. Sometimes it's a power, strengthy message. And sometimes it's a very quiet, gentle message in tongues. It's up to him. It's diversity of tongues, my brother and sister. He, he can speak any way he wants to. And then notice the, notice the fourth office that he said in the church here was miracles. And then the gifts of healing. Miracles? Oh yeah. I never did realize God give me, in, in my ministry, God's given me two, two, two miracles. Two kinds of miracles, more than anything else. He's given me miracles for feet, for new feet. And he's given me, for the feet. And he's given me miracles for hearts. The first time it happened to me, probably when he gave it to me, was about 12 years ago, I guess, in the backseat of a car on the way to a full gospel business chapter meeting to speak in a chapter meeting. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, my heart began to hurt. And it hurt so bad I couldn't hardly stand it. And it I couldn't hardly get out of the car. And I got out of the car, and I made my way to the platform. And I sat there all the time during the preliminaries, and my heart was hurting. And it was hurting. And I didn't know what God was doing to me, but I didn't feel like going back to my room. I, was, I said, no, no. I can hear the Spirit of God. Don't go back to your room. And I, I mean, from the natural, you think I was having a total heart attack. But God was letting me live in the infirmity of people who was in that building. He was allowing me to take on their diseases and showing me. And so I'm sitting there, and right before they introduced me, the Lord said to me, Tonight, when you get up there, I want you to call, first of all, I want you to call people down front with bad hearts. I'm going to pump new hearts in their chest. Well, that was news for me. I never, I never, I never experienced anything like that before. But now, wait a minute. And I called them down there, and the Holy Ghost took that thing over, and they began to fall flat on the floor all over everywhere, you know. Some of them would stand up, and some would fall flat on the floor. God would pump a new heart into their chest, and then they'd, they'd fall flat on the floor. You'll sit tonight. They'll sit all over America tonight. I tell you, God will give people new hearts. 
especially when he, he gave it to me as a ministry, my brother and sister. You say, what about new legs? What about this? No, 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 just two things. Just two things, mostly feet. Now tomorrow night, whenever I lay my hands upon you, I'm gonna have a laying on of hand service unless God changes me. Anybody can receive a healing under the anointed hands if God anoints your hands to pray for the sick. I'm not talking about that. Unless God directs me, I have no intentions of laying hands on you tonight. God will do it himself. It's a gift that God gives to certain ministries. That's a summer all. And for 10 years, I'm gonna show you how stupid I was. For 10 years, I've been waiting since God gave it to me for, for, for the Holy Ghost to say, uh, all right, I want to give them new hearts now tonight. I'd go along for six months and it never would happen. I'd go along for a year, it wouldn't happen. I'd go along and it happened again. Maybe two weeks later, it happened again. I never know when it was coming. But uh, this past January, Lester Summerall and me took, had two crusades together, one in Hong Kong and one in, in Manila. And, and we're sitting in Hong Kong and a little evangelist there. Nobody ever heard of him. You may know God better than I do. Nobody ever heard of him. Just because I'm speaking to one of the largest crowd that any man's ever spoke to in church members tonight, that don't make no difference. You may know God better than I know him. I'm not saying you don't know God better than I know him. I mean, people sitting around the table in Hong Kong just a few weeks ago, just a few months ago, and Lester Summerall said, well, you know, I've got some decayed teeth, four or five of them in my mouth, and I'm going to have to take off enough time to go to the dentist to get some dental work done. This little evangelist from Oregon says, well, Brother Summerall, he said, you know, Jesus sometimes, he, he fills people's teeth through my ministry. He's given me that gift. And some are all come alive. He said, he does? <laughs> he said, oh yeah. He said, well, he don't feel all of them. And listen to me closely. God don't give everybody new hearts that comes forth. But now you can claim it by faith and get it. But I would say the Lord would probably give seven or eight out of 10 new hearts. And you'll see him give them tonight too. Some of them will get new hearts tonight so strong, they won't be able to stand it and they'll fall flat on the floor. God will come up on them and just pump a new heart into their chest. And they, 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 they won't be able to stand it. I mean, it just feels so good. Blessed be God forever. And Lester says, well, pray for me right now. And he reached out and prayed for him like that in Jesus' name. A very simple, gentle prayer, you know. Lord, just feel Lester's teeth. Opened up his mouth, and all of his teeth was full of gold. That's a special gift. That's the fourth, that's, that's fourth gift in, in, in the verse right here. The working of miracles. And working of miracles, a creative miracle. God didn't give me the ministry of filling teeth. That don't work in my ministry. It might work sometimes, but he gave me the ministry of giving people new hearts. I don't give them new hearts. God gives them new hearts. He, let, he allows that to operate in my ministry because I, you, I don't know why he chose me for it, but he just did. And feet. But right now, in Jesus' name, do you believe that? You see it right here? Miracles in the church. God set some miracles in the church. Gifts of healing. Miracles in the church, my brother and sister. Well, tonight we're in the church. Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus is the head of the church. Is the head of the church. Jesus, Jesus is the great shepherd. Is the great shepherd. Jesus, Jesus wants, to heal me wants to heal me tonight. Jesus is a miracle worker. He wants to give me new feet. He wants to give me a new heart, he wants to give me a new heart. Tonight, tonight in Jesus name, in Jesus name. and right now, right now. In, Jesus name. in Jesus name I believe, I believe. What, you what you said in God's word, God's word. Jesus, never Jesus never changes and I know if I run to him I if I make haste, I make haste. Towards, Jesus, towards Jesus he will reach out with compassion, will reach out with compassion. and touch me and give me a new heart. Give me, a new heart. Give me new feet. Give me new feet. Tonight. Tonight. 
right now. Do you believe it? If you have a bad heart, you have bad feet, get up out of your seat right now and run down front. Run down front. All over America, run down front. Pastor, stand up front. All over America, run down front. Run down front. All of you with bad feet and bad hearts, run down front. Don't wait. Don't walk. Run down front, I said. You've got a chance to get to you. Show God you trust Him. Show God you trust Him. All of you ushers, get behind them now. Come down front. Bad feet or bad heart. Come down front. Come down front. Come down front. Come quickly. Don't wait. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Now then give God thanksgiving for it. Stand there with the attitude of thanksgiving. Close your eyes before God. Stand there with the attitude of thanksgiving. Begin to thank Him for it. Begin to thank Him for it. Begin to thank Him for it with your mouth. I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus. Begin to say with your mouth, I believe. Here in Dallas, Texas, hundreds of them have come to the altar. They've run to the altars to get new hearts. They've run to the altars to get new hearts. You're getting yours right now, lady. It's coming into your body right now. In Jesus' name, it's coming into your body right now. There she goes. There she goes. All right. Hold your hands up to him. There she goes. There she goes. If you need new feet, if you need new feet, move your feet around. Move your feet around if you need new feet. There goes another one. There goes another one. I tell you, God will pump a new heart into your chest. There goes another one. There goes another one. Help them down. If they start falling, help them down. They won't hurt themselves, but help them down. Help them down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving these people new hearts. In Jesus' name, I say to you, receive your new heart tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's a gift of miracles for you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now begin to thank him with a, with your, with a loud voice. Begin to thank him. Don't hold back. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank him. Let your voice ring up to heaven, my brother and sister. Let your voice ring up to heaven. Let your voice ring up to heaven. Let your voice ring up to heaven. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Close your eyes and look toward heaven. America's newest success and personal growth program is sweeping across.